everybody, this is Bethany with Crackers and Soup, and I am so excited to tell you about Women of Color's Insiders Membership. So Women of Color Insiders Membership is a place where women of color come together in all different aspects of their podcasting journey. They could be in the very beginning stages where they're just starting to process what they want to do in their podcast, what they want their topic to be, what they want their theme to look like, if they want to be a solo host or if they want to co-host. It could be that you're in the middle of your podcasting journey, or it could be if you're at the very end of your podcasting journey, if you want to talk about if it's actually feasible to sell your podcast to somebody else. These are all the things that are covered Women of Colors Insiders Membership created and founded by Danielle Desir. She shares her knowledge and her expertise, and she also invites members to share their knowledge with each other. Joining Women of Color Insiders Membership Group has absolutely launched my podcast and set me up for success. I would love for you to join as well. Look at our show notes, click on the link, and I look forward to seeing you inside there. And I think because it's all audio, when you pair that with a really, really dope ass image, like it just completes the whole photo. And like, like you were saying earlier, right? Like we're friends in our heads and all that other kind of stuff. But now it's like, I can see Bethany in my head, right? Like she's walking with me and who doesn't want that as they advertise and grow to like have a fan base that can literally picture them through, with their voice as they're going along with it. Yeah. Welcome to Chatting Over Chowder. We're your hosts, Bethany and Sherline. Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Join us for some fun, laughs, and tomfoolery. Get your spoon ready. We're about to dive in. Damali Shepard, thank you so much for being on Chatting Over Chowder. We're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here and eat. Yay. Yes, baby, <laughs> yes. For those who do not know, I am Bethany. And I'm Sherline. And we are the team behind Chatting Over Chowder. And we also are a podcast production company called Crackers, Crackers and Soup. Yep, it's a thing. It's all a food thing. We love food. Our business has nothing to do with food, but we like to eat. So fuck it. <laughs> we name it what we want. <laughs> and today we have Damali Shepard with us. And I have loved you for so long. And this is actually the first time that we're actually engaging. But I swear you my Jenny from the block. We're best friends and you don't know it yet. Like, but, I, uh, mm-hmm. The thing is, I knew. I know. I know. <laughs> And that's why. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> and Bethany low-key, maybe not even low-key, like high-key, she does, she loves to stalk, and she'll like every post, comment every post, cheer you on. It's, it's my favorite thing about her. It's really <laughs> We love Bethany. So if I love you, I love you. But if I hate you, I hate you. There's no, like no one ever is like. I wonder how Bethany feels about me. Like, this, is true. <laughs> this is true. That's a great. That's a great attribute. I think. I think it's a good. That's really good. Yeah. I think it is too. Like, don't fake the funk. Just and and if we don't care for each other, that's cool. Different folks for different strokes. Exactly. It's fine. Like people need to be okay with not being liked. I'm working on it. I'm one of those people right now. 
I'm be honest, but I'm working on it. It's getting easier every single day. Because your tea is so flavorful. So if they don't have the palate for you, then they're just not worthy of you. Right. The, the wordsmith. You just need to write some of these things down. Like, I'm going to take them. Thank you. <laughs> so before we get into tea and chowder and soup, let's read Damali's bio. So Damali Shepard is a published photographer and writer whose mission in life is to help women own it on or off camera. For more information on her work and how you can work with her, head over to damalishepherd.com. And that's D-A-M-A-L-Y-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D.com. But that'll be in the show notes. <laughs> you could have just cut that last line. But it's all good. We're here for it. We're, that's fine. But it's cool. <laughs> so that is literally the shortest bio that I've ever read on Chatting Over Chowder. It is. Um, it's an old bio and I'm going to own it right now. But yeah, you are going to own it because I uh, I need you to brag on yourself and tell everybody all that you've done, okay. your how you got into photography. Like, what is your photography history? What's your business? Ooh, OK. All right. So I'm going to try to give you all the cliff notes because we will be here all day. But <laughs> again, my name is Damali. I am a portrait and personal branding photographer. I particularly specialize in helping women of color um, live out their dreams on camera, no matter what that is. And so like <laughs> folks come to me because they, you know, like they want photos for their business, but really they just want to like have fun and get creative and do something super, super fun and beautiful. Um, and so my story with photography started kind of in college, not really. I went to school for um, TV and film. So I really wanted to like be Shonda Rhimes. And that is where I did some directing stuff and all that other kind of jazz, but it didn't work out. PAing sucks, New York is hard, you move on, you go get a, you get a real job. And um, when I was turning 30, it was the same year we ended up going to Bali. And I remembered that we had, I was given a really good camera by my uncle for my graduation present because it was in my field, but I didn't know how to use it. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to Bali. Also, I hate my job and my life. Let's try this thing out. And um, I went to Bali. At, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like a really cool travel vlogger. I know it was really hard. <laughs> it was really, really difficult, but it also kind of like sparked this curiosity um, that I then just could not put down. I was like, I really have to figure this shit out. So I came back home and I started to practice with my mom and my family and my friends. And it just all kind of built itself up from there to where I was able to quit that job I hated. And I've been full-time coming up two years really soon. So yeah. Congratulations. And I do love what you had to say about women and women of color and branding and making them feel beautiful because your pictures are stunning. They're gorgeous. And the, the subjects of your photography are literally glowing from the inside out. And that is as somebody who's been in photo shoots, that's a reflection of the photographer. Because you have to feel comfortable with your photographer. Your photographer has to give you direction. Because if you don't, all of a sudden you end up with two pictures that you like. And then all of the others are just hot messes and you've just wasted that money. Yeah. So tell Sherline and I and the listeners 
how and why photography is so important in the podcasting world. Absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, podcasting is all audio and there's nothing more like as photos, photos are super connective, as well as I think hearing someone's voice, right? Like that is really how you get to form some really, really deep connections. And I think because it's all audio, when you pair that with a really, really dope ass image, like it just completes the whole photo. And like, like you were saying earlier, right? Like we're friends in our heads and all that other kind of stuff. But now it's like, I can see Bethany in my head, right? Like she's walking with me and who doesn't want that as they advertise and grow to like have a fan base that can literally picture them with their voice as they're going along with it. Yeah. I love that. And for podcasting, there is the trust no factor. And as soon as you get to the point where you're following and you're subscribing and you're following your favorite podcast host journey, if they never reveal their faces, other than the fact that if they're talking about something kind of scandalous. So we have we have two people in the podcasting world that we absolutely love. Their, their names are Wendy and Beth, and they do a podcast called Fruit Loop Cereal of Color. Ooh. It is so good, girl. It is so good. Okay. But not only do they talk about that particular serial killer of the week or that particular murder of the week, they talk about the background. They talk about the history. And they kind of talk about cult, uh, controversial things. So because of that, and because they're from a small area, they keep their identity secret. Even to the point where they have gone to um, CrimeCon, which is like a true crime podcast convention, they've worn disguises. So they are atypical and they can get away with it because they're freaking rad. But their branding is still on point, and they've made that in itself an image. They've made these different disguises part of their imagery. So that's how it's worked. So it's like branding and showing yourself, especially in this day and age, because that trust, uh, like no factor, is huge. Nobody trusts brands anymore. Nobody is going to really, if they follow a brand page, it'll often be specifically for a discount or a brand they already really love um, because otherwise they feel sold to. They know that if they follow a brand page, they're just going to be sold to. They're not going to be getting that personalized um, aspect of things. So it's the same thing with a podcast. If you don't have that like personal factor to it, most people are, they're just going to feel like you're selling them on your podcast and you know what I mean? And, and it's you, you are trying to sell them liking you and trusting you. Yeah. Especially if that is the brand. Like I think Bethany, we both kind of work with lots of, uh, I mean, all of us, we work with coaches and um, creatives and, and consultants. And these are people where it's like, they are buying into who you are. So it's like without the right photo that becomes harder. And that photo, honestly, that photo speeds it up and legitimizes, legitimizes you so much faster especially a very good photo by the way um and if you don't have one yeah no i agree and i think i see often you know people starting out they might not be able to afford a photographer just yet so mm -hmm. they'll use like a selfie but then i've seen people who they are they've already started to blow up or they're starting to do better and you're still seeing that selfie image of them i'm like please it makes you look so much more professional. Like it doesn't have to be you in like a full blown blazer and, and being like, 
it's just something that shows off your personality that's of high quality because as much as a selfie you know you got your perfect angle for yourself that you think you look good in uh, the right photographer makes a world of a difference it shows you in such an amazing light and you it just it up levels everything that you're doing and not only that when you're trying to make content and you're trying to use like a, a selfie image or um like a lower quality image it really makes your like as beautiful as that graphic could be it really makes the graphic look eh, you know what i mean versus when you use that professional photo all of a sudden this looks like editorial and it, it just it makes such a difference and I also know because I, I come back, I, I'm part of like a, my background is primarily in art um, and like photography and all stuff visual. I know how important it is um, and how much work it is over time and, and like learning your skill sets and building up your skill sets to get the right image. And then not only that, but to photograph minorities, which, it, you know, I love that you specialize in because it's different. It is very different when you're trying to capture melanin than when you're trying to capture someone who is just white to begin with. It's, it's, it's a whole different realm and people don't, I don't think people really get that. I think with film and photography, lighting and all of that is significantly different. Mm -hmm. And no one trains you on it. People don't train you on as much as you should. So it is super duper important. I mean, yeah, it's so important to me to get it right. So explain the importance of using that image, your image, and retaining a professional photographer for your cover art. And, and what kind of poses, because you always, I, I shouldn't say you always, the majority of the time I see, especially for coaching podcasts, you know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> the woman standing erect shoulders back with their arms crossed in front of them, not smiling, just just trying to look like a fierce, but approachable. And it makes my skin crawl because it's so played out. It, it is. I mean, I'm not gonna, I, I was gonna, no, it, it's pretty played out. Um, so here's the thing about me and how I work. There are no wrong answers if it's you. You know what I'm saying? So like a lot of people be like, well, should I do this? Am I allowed to do this? And I'm like, is this you? Is this who you are? Is this who you want to be perceived as? If yes, then let's do it, right? Like there, I don't want my folks uh, holding themselves back because they're so worried about, oh my God, whatever. Like, no, screw that. Like that, I really try to, um, to, to throw people in the other direction. So it's like, if, you are a bossy, handhold, like 70s sitcom type of gal, then do that in your podcast art. You know what I'm saying? If it goes with your theme well, if you know what I'm saying, oh, that's great. But if not, then I really need y'all to sit down with your photographers and figure out who you are. Like really, I think some of the success that I have with my photos is that we really talk through who they are um, and like, how are we going to properly portray that in detail before we ever get a camera in front of them? Um, so that is what I recommend for everyone. It takes a little bit of thought it, and, and take that thought and think about your themes, think about your wardrobe, thinking about the poses, 
it will all inform and kind of trickle down into something where at the end result, you're like, oh shit, like that's me, period. So yeah, that, that's what I'm gonna say with that. That is my advice. If you're working on your podcast cover art, what are you talking about, right? What are the themes of your show? Um, who are you helping? And then how can you just infuse you as best as you can into that photo so that people are really getting a sense of who you actually are? I love the conversation that you have way beforehand. And that's what we tell our clients as well. We are Anybody can help you create a podcast. Anybody can tell you the steps. We're going to help you create a podcast that you love. And in order to do that, we need to get into your business. Like you need to, you need to give us examples of how you want your podcast to feel, how you want your podcast to be regulated. Do you want it to be like, like, what do you have availability for so that you don't pod fade? And we, we kind of like go at our clients like gangbusters, but that's how at the end, 99.9% are like, I'm so in fucking love with my podcast. And that's why they want to share it. Because if you're not truly in love with your photography skills or your clients, whatever it is, it's going to be reflected very quickly because it's so much work. So when you choose, so when people come to you and they say, Damali, I love your stuff. I really want to work with you, but you get a sense that they are not your specific clientele because that's what we do with our guests. Like our guests are either our people or they're not going to be our guest. <laughs> do you have any reservations about saying to anybody, you know what? I don't think we're a great fit. Here are some other recommendations that I feel that you'll work better with. Cause I, I feel like people are very hesitant to, to say that. Um, I will say that I have yet to be in the position yet where I have, where I've had to turn people down. But I also think that that's because I really over the last year have showed up so much as myself that like, if you're inquiring, you know who you're messing with. Like, per like period, like if you follow me on Facebook, you know what I'm about, because I'm not just talking about my business. I'm talking about all of the things that are important to me and all of the missions that I think are that we should all be paying attention to. And um, that repels people. It does. People are like, oh, no, she's crazy. I'm like, cool. Bye. <laughs> right? So um, I, I haven't had this happen yet, but I it would be difficult for me. I'm, I'm still working on getting out of a little bit of my people pleaser stuff, all that conditioning that we learned as little girls and how about how we should be. But I also know that like, if you are not aligned in the things that are important to me, like anti-racism and um, being an ally and all that good stuff. And like, we are not, I do not want to take your photo, like period. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree that we should be able to say no and that we do have to have a vibe. And it's really why it's important for me to, um, I speak to all of my clients. Like we have conversations before any, any, any commitments are made, definitely. So you did not get your soup. It is coming tonight. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if it can. Yes, let's look at the track. Let's look I don't at the see track. It. I don't see it yet, but it's okay. They'll, they'll text me when it's here. <laughs> and it's funny because when, when I ordered it, the weather has been so wild. Oh my gosh. That they're, I didn't realize that they're not sending them until like Monday because it's either been 
extremely hot or it's been like winter like no one knows. yeah yeah no, no one knows what's happening right now in the world yeah. well, there's either a hurricane tropical storm like crazy heat waves like all the things <laughs> this is the end of the world like let the locusts just rain on us like let's let's get I, the art built do not tempt don't tempt them please okay don't do yeah. it we'll all start over again this is a circle this is like <laughs> it's just we're all gonna come in contact again in another life like you can't get rid of us if you tried <laughs> that's hilarious so let's just wash it all out and start anew <laughs> maybe it'll be better fingers crossed <laughs> but why what what soup did you order and why did you choose that particular soup Oh my gosh, I think it was one with corn, uh, like a chowder kind of deal. Uh, I, I, I'm having a hard time remembering because I really thought about this decision, y'all. I, I think it was corn there. and potato. Okay, I was sitting there like, man. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm hungry. Which one? Um, I think I've never had a soup like this, but I know that I do enjoy like chowdery type soups. So I, and I've heard great things about that soup supplier. So yeah, I, I figured if I were ever going to try that, this is a great time to. Yay. And so I don't know what's happening in New York. Oh, wait, is it okay that I say where you reside? Oh yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine New York, yeah, <laughs> You're like, great. Uh, that guy that I had the restraining order against. Yeah. Thanks so much, Bethany. Just boom. <laughs> New York's a big enough place. It's fine. It, it's so right now, like in Massachusetts, there is overcast and it's debating upon whether or not it wants to be cold or whether or not it wants to be hot. Like no one knows what's happening. So I, because like New York and Massachusetts usually have the same weather occurring at the same time. Today is such a bomb day to have like a corn and potato chowder. And just like, it has, I believe it has bacon bits in it. Oh my God. It's a, okay. Mm. okay. I'm so excited. And then like we said, if you take that with some of the bowls, warm it up. I love. Can I just say I love you both? Like, <laughs> who came up with this idea? It's brilliant. It's so good. Bethany, I tell you that mind of hers. <laughs> have good stuff in there, really. So when when we were thinking about doing a podcast, um, I didn't want to do a podcast where I talked about podcast business management and podcast production companies. Um, I am ridiculously in love with my company. I love crackers and soup. The people and the things that we've been able to create is just bar none blows my mind. Like there are still times that I wake up and I'm like, I can't fucking believe this is my life. That's wow. Having said that, <laughs> I don't want to talk about how to go about editing, how to create show notes. Like I knew my pod, we would have like four episodes and then I'd be like, okay, I'm done with this. But I did know that as somebody who came into the podcasting experience and have, has created a lucrative business from it, I wanted other women, especially women of color, to hear how other people are in the podcasting industry if they wanted to join as well for like either their second careers or people who have been laid off and they don't know what to do. Um, and they're looking to work virtually, but they don't want to be a virtual assistant. 
like the concentration for podcasting was so important to me. Um, and I knew that this is the field that I wanted to go in when I created the business. So I don't want to hold that information secret because I couldn't find anything for myself. So we were like, okay, we're going to talk to people who are in the podcasting industry who do different things in the podcasting industry. And that's why I'm so excited that you're here to talk about photography, because a lot of people don't associate photography with podcasts, because they think, like you said, it's all audio. And I was like, the best conversations that we have, I mean, Sherilyn and I, we live near each other. So we'd be like eating together is over food. And I will never forget our um, our significant others. We were it was like three of us with um, each of us with our significant others, and one of them was like, "I realized every time we get together, there's food." Like, yes, <laughs> it truly is because the there's, best conversations happen around food. Yes, and it's and it's like this homey chowder is like a homey feel it just warms you from the inside out and it's like look if we're gonna have people bearing their souls we gotta feed them <laughs> as a thank you thank you for coming on and talking to us <laughs> so i'm so excited for you to get it i can't wait for the ups guy to just be like ding dong <laughs> be like just, just one second just one second <laughs> yeah i cannot wait i don't care what i'm doing today like that is i'm running right downstairs for it um yeah no it's such a good idea thank you both thank you, thank you. so in addition to your photography and your amazingness you chose two really cool podcasts that i truly hadn't heard of before and i love this i love freaking chatting over chowder because i get to like be introduced to new podcasts. <laughs> so Simone Seol. Seoul, I believe. Seoul, yes, you're right. Yes. I hadn't heard of her until about two weeks ago. Okay. And I was in a group and I, I'm in like a, a this business coaching group. And the first portion of it is marketing. And she was like, if you don't know who Simone Seoul is, you need to stop at this live Zoom conference, go find her on Instagram and follow her. And I did. She's amazing. She's so true. And then when you recommended that podcast, I was like, oh, hello, universe. I see, <laughs> I see you. I see, I see what you're saying to me. And the episode that that you recommended it was so spot on Sherlyn says it all the time she's like every time I come to like one of our tapings for an episode it's exactly what I need in my life like and this was message. that episode was exactly what I needed so tell us about why you chose that episode and what brought you to Simone Soul's podcast oh my goodness okay so very randomly um <laughs> I was in a program where uh, the point was, was to like, look at your contacts, see who the, who, see who their people are, you know, expand your network and friend folks. So I friend requested Simone without knowing who she was at all, at all, like no idea. Uh, <laughs> I actually did that with Car Carol Lowenthal as well. I didn't, I didn't know. Anyway, and for some reason they accepted me, which is a whole nother story. But <laughs> so um she starts so i like start to see her post come up in my feed and i'm like 
this woman's kind of brilliant. Like, who is this woman? And then she posted about her podcast. And that's when I was just like, oh, crap. Like, she is really everything. Um, so that is how I randomly ended up finding Simone. And it's and it's weird because once you know her, you realize that everybody else knows her because she's <laughs> so well known. Um, I just did not. I, I just had no idea at the time. This is honestly like a few months ago. So I'm newer to the podcast and I haven't listened to every episode. But when I hit like the first one, I was like her vibe, her, her um, sincereness, like the way that she sees the world and is choosing to put out. I'm not even a coach. But like her podcast impacts me greatly and I am not even a coach. Uh, I just loved her. I loved everything about it. So that um, that episode in particular, when it came out, like I was literally just texting all texting it to all of my friends and they like, listen, like you're having a hard time. OK, go listen to this. Go like you have like what you're struggling. OK, go. And it just sticks out to me. I've listened to it a few times. I've written down the beliefs. Like, I, I was like, cool, this is where we're going. <laughs> Absolutely. So that entire episode, I am doing at our next team meeting. Ooh, that's so good. Because it's so profound and it's so important. And it's not just like, I always try to champion that our team meetings aren't just what's happening in crackers and soup, but life overall for independently of our team. So I am going to have them write, uh, get a piece of paper, fold it up in quadrants and be like, these are the topics of your beliefs. We're going to take five minutes and just jot everything as obnoxious as you think that it is like, oh, $50,000 months. You think that couldn't be, put that shit down. <laughs> yes. And I love how practical she is because she was like, you know what? I made this list. And I probably didn't even look at it that much, right? And I was just like, no one says that, right? Like when we talk about manifestation or belief, it's like, wake up every morning. You know what I'm saying? I don't do that. I'm not, I, consistency is not my thing. Uh, but just to know that like the art of having written it down and knowing that it's there if I need it is so, so really wonderful. So yeah, I, lo I loved it. Yes, just the reflection of that episode, there was no pressure. Yes. It was just, here's what I did. Here's what I did two years ago. I thought it was the wildest shit I could ever come up with. I was like, this ain't never gonna happen, but I'm just gonna write it down. And like you said, so I, when I have to do, when I have something that has to be rigid and, and scheduled, I won't do it. <laughs> because I am a procrastinator and I have ADHD. So it feels like death to me. Like, and I can't put out my best stuff. Yeah. So the fact that she was just like, you know, visit it every two months if you want. Like, visit, because like you said, some people like put it under your pillow. Pray, right. pray every to day. the notebook every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, every day at 5 a.m. Right? Read the notebook cherries. <laughs> like that stuff is so intimidating. I, I think no pressure is the best way to describe it. So yeah, I mean, I, and the episode is how she made $2 million in... Uh, in two years, uh, two years. Anybody's wondering. She was just, uh, and we will absolutely put that episode on the show notes as well. And the other one that you recommended was "Nice White Parents," and I was like, "Girl, what the hell? What the, what the shitty shit? Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" And now I am subscribed, and I will have it all finished by the end of the day. Thank you, Damali. Sherilyn, don't ask me for no work. I'm listening to <laughs> "Dear White Parents." 
I didn't know if I should have done it, but um, it is really one of my, it's, it's such a good, it's such a good case study on how differently we see the world as like black and white people. It's so profound. And then first of all, let's just talk even about like the setup of everything, how it's, it's almost like you're reading, um, an interview like in a a magazine you know what I mean where you have kind of that like narration portion but still mixed in with like the person who like you're interviewing story behind it's just done so beautifully and like which engages you that much more on top of the fact that the topics and everything is already mind-blowing that was on like I was so impressed I, I genuinely was very impressed with that podcast and I only got one episode in to Nice White Parents, but it truly is like you have to finish it. Like you have to finish the series because I'm so sucked in. And you can tell it's a serial podcast. Of course. Because serial just does it so right. Everything from serial, I become addicted to. It becomes problematic. I, be- I like start searching them on Google. <laughs> It becomes a whole damn thing. Documentaries. Yeah, I was there. I was there with the with that first season of Serial. Oh my God. So obsessed. <laughs> like, get ready to put money on people's books. Like, <laughs> like seriously. Anad, we love you. Sorry. Like, what's happening with you now? <laughs> <laughs> but Serial always has the... And, and the way that it's produced, it's so clean and it's so smart. And it always keeps you wanting more, even when it's finalized. Like, it's like, but damn, can, can we get an update? Like, let the people know. And for those who's never heard, who've never heard of Nice White Parents, it's about this woman who is a journalist. Um, she lives in New York and she is on, uh, she's, she's basically researching her children's schools because she's going to be uh, admitting her children into schools soon, um, her younger ones. And she noticed that there was a separation and a disparity of children who were minorities and children who were white. And she starts interacting and speaking to these other parents who are also having their admitting their kids into school system at the same time. And they are having a problem because the school systems in which I guess that they're, they can go to like three or four different schools. The school system in which like all of the white people go to is saturated. They're jam packed with people and they're only allowing like 15 more people into that school year. But then everyone's so hesitant to go to the public school that to the point where the public school is losing funding because there's only like 30 kids in the sixth grade. So the people that are like, well, we're never going to get into the school that's saturated, so we might as well go into the public school, but we want the public school to offer all of the options that this particular school is offering. And then that's when things stuck in wild. Keep listening. Oh my goodness. Just Ooh, the ch- like I was at that PTA conference and <laughs> I was like, I'm there. I'm there. Who told her to shut off the, the, re- the recording? <laughs> you feel that you do. And I think like for me, what was the most profound? Like when I was listening to it, 
Um, I could not help but make the parallels to what it was for me when I was in tech as a minority in a predominantly white space. And I think like the podcast, what the podcast is highlighting is that these white parents end up going towards these public schools um, for many reasons, and some of them really good and altruistic and all that good stuff, but it immediately talks about the difference in entitlement on how white parents navigate versus the black parents or the other people of color in the schools who have been there. And so when they come with their kids, they come with very high expectations. They come and change things. And I'm going to say it, even though my brain is like, don't say it, they kind of come to conquer. Um, and so it's really an interesting dive into how it happens naturally on one of the small, you wouldn't even think, right? Like this is their kids schooling, but it happens on the tiniest little level. And just like hearing as you continue to listen, it's just so well done and historical and dives backwards and forwards. And, um, I, I think it was really eye opening. I shared it with a lot of my white friends and they thanked me for it because we don't see, we don't always see and understand these things, right? Like some, it's all in a vacuum. So it's such a really, really great um, series just in general. Whether you have kids or I don't have any kids, I listened through the whole thing because I had to because it was, it just felt so, so important to me. Yeah. And I think that people, it, it gives a very eye-opening example of how gentrification occurs. Yep. Little by little by little by little. Where good intentions... Uh-huh. All of a sudden, because I already I can foresee what's what's going to happen because I do have kids. I have kids. I have a 20 year old. I have a 14 year old and I have a 10 year old. What? Yes. Okay. And, <laughs> so having them all through different walks of life in their schooling and for my 10 year old, she actually started at this particular school that she's been in her entire life. It started as a charter. And then they lost their charter accreditation, so it became a public school. So it went from kindergarten to fifth grade. But because it's now a public, they were hesitant to continue with the fifth grade class. They only had so many so many classrooms available for fifth grade. So we live in a district jurisdiction where there is another middle school that is highly populated with Black and Hispanic families. So the I ended up being on a text chain with I was the only minority mother. And the school had sent out an email and they were like, there's going to be a lottery for if your child could go to fifth grade here. Other than that, you're going to have to go to the school in which your district. These mothers were losing their minds, losing their minds. And I, as as the only minority, I was just like, you can tell people who've never been told no. Yep. Say that. They don't know how to react. They're like worlds were coming to a crashing halt. And I was cracking up because I was like, after, if they get into the fifth grade, they're still going, unless you're moving, and no one, I haven't heard any of them talk about moving, they're still going to that particular school for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So what's your problem? Like, what's the hoopla? So my daughter ended, she ended up getting into the school that she's been in, and all her little white friends did as well. But I'm like, look, 
her, if you don't get chosen, it's not a big deal. The people that you went to school with are going to be carried. So you're going to have friends. You're going to know who, who people are. It's not like you're going to a different state. Right. Like, it's not that serious. But the people who have never been told no or never had anything like that happen to them before, minority people are very resilient. Yes. Because we have to be adaptable. Because if we pitched a fit every time we were told no, we would stay in a permanent fit mode. Or we weren't allowed to pitch fits because we'd be beat. Like, what you crying over? And that historically has carried on to white families. How many times, I can't even tell you, that I heard from my father, why are you crying? I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. So, like, you got to suck it up, buttercup. But it was just so interesting to see the education dynamic and then how and then listening to this first episode of this podcast i was like say less you're just sitting there sipping tea the whole time it's so it's just so juicy it's so good yeah i can't wait to listen to the rest of the series i can't wait like please come tell me what y'all think about it because i it, it was yeah it's so good we're gonna have to have a private zoom conference about it <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we can make that like a clubhouse Ooh, that could be fun. That's such a good idea. Yes, yes. When we after we all binge it, we'll make it into a clubhouse. So thank you so much for those recommendations, cause damn. I've now subscribed. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So our last last section, I can't even believe it's already almost been an hour. <laughs> is bisque please and this is where you damali shepherd tell us all of the things of where people can find you how can people stalk you how can people be like i didn't know damali who damali shepherd was and then i followed her and then i was like oh my god she's a big fucking deal <laughs> um i hope that's what's happening at the most accessible place of course is instagram so by damali is super easy and also you can send me a friend request on facebook if you'd like to and i always have um my website open which just goes all in depth on all of my work and and how you can work with me too i love it damali do you travel i do do you i do i, do. Okay. I love it I mean, yeah, now that we can, I'm out of here. Where are we going? <laughs> so, no, do you, do you travel for photography? I do, yes, yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Am I coming to see you too? I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'd be this yeah, That would be the dopest <laughs> photography experience ever. Wait, I, I, yeah, we create pretty dope pretty dope things um especially when we travel it's it's we've yeah we've been out to denver I'm heading out to boston in september um so yes we'd be traveling oh. so thank you so much you have absolutely enlightened me on the importance of photography in podcasts like i think that i i like knew okay it is important but from your explanation and like you're just the best and i adore you and i can't wait for you to get your soup tonight <laughs> Me too. I, I'll, I can't wait to tell you both all about it thank i mean thanks for having me this was so much fun yeah. thanks for being on and i'm in all of your work and i'm excited to 
continue to cheer you on and see you and then hopefully meet you in person. Yes, ditto. Absolutely ditto. Okay. <laughs> wow. This year is flying by. Oh my, I'm not ready. So thank you so much. I adore you and have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks. Bye, Bye Jamali. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay, stay super. super.